Are you ready? You sound contemplative. Sound... I'm ready. All right. I'm, I'm really hungry, but I'm ready to record. We have so many games. I've been playing way more games than anybody should legally be playing. I know. I'm at, the, I'm the same way. I think busyness. we're, we're going to, we're like, we'll probably, I don't know. Uh, I'm, I think I'm, I'm off on Saturday. So that'll I'm be playing some of the best games that have come out all year. That'll be a good, well, yeah, that'll be a good time to have a better sesh, but uh, we're, we're I'm playing some of the best games I've played all year that, that these are games of the year that I'm playing. Okay, well, there's a little you bit more a year played, left, I guess. You have not played as many great games as I have. I feel like I've been playing great games. Maybe maybe with the amount of time you've been spending, but the breadth of games I've been playing is going to it's going to blow you away. Okay, well, let's get into the breadth of the games. Devil May Cry 5. I have not had enough time to spend with Devil May Cry 5. A long five. time ago that we did not get to talk about. I will tell you this. So, I'm a huge fan of Bayonetta, and one of the things that I really like about Bayonetta is there's actually a lot of exploration through the levels where as you're progressing through Bayonetta levels, uh, after you complete certain objectives in the level, the level will change, and then it'll essentially open up different routes and different secret fights. And if you complete those secret fights, you can unlock other sorts of bonuses, uh, outfits, accessories. The accessories are really cool, and you unlock all these different weapons. Uh, yeah. I don't get that out of Devil May Cry 5, I gotta say. Uh, and that kind of bums me out. Like, I, I love the way that the game plays. Playing as... So there are three different characters. Uh, Devil May Cry, I don't need to explain what it is. Character action game. Uh, three main characters. It is so the as, preeminent character action game. Absolutely, it made the genre... So first you've got Nero. Uh, he fights with a sword and with an arm where essentially he has a robot arm and you could put on different prosthetics onto this robot arm. This is going to be a reoccurring theme in this episode. I know, we got, we got some prosthetic arms going on in video games uh, right now. So he's pretty cool. As you as you um, finish levels, you unlock new prosthetic arms. It, it's, it's cool, but I, I like the discovery aspect of like you complete certain things in Bayonetta and then you get unlocks. And I that's that's one of my favorite things in video games is I like I've done something cool. I've found somewhere secret and I've been rewarded from it uh, by something that's not a heart piece. Right. In, in Zelda, in Devil May Cry. I don't like getting a fourth of a heart of a heart piece. I mean, that, that hasn't something. always been true in Devil May Cry. There's definitely uh, secret weapons, like weapons that you wouldn't unlock down the main path on other Devil May Cries. I don't know how true that yeah. is. And and maybe that's true once you get to the Dante levels. But also, Dante levels. Not every level is a Dante level. And once you beat the game, as it stands right now, you can't go back to previous levels as other characters. Right? Yeah, so the so the levels are built for the characters. There's and you haven't even said so. Don so V is the newcomer. V is a character that is like passive. He's like, like a summoner, and yeah. he's an edge lord. And I actually really like his character model. I think that he's like the most lifelike looking character that's been in a Devil May Cry. He reminds game. me so much of that guy from what Kylo is it? Ren. Is right? that Kylo Ren? Yeah, I'm. I'm trying to the guy from Girls. Uh, Adam Driver. Adam is that okay? Adam Driver. Yeah, I'm. I'm so glad someone else thought that because he he just totally the first the first second I thought I saw him I was like, is he modeled after after that guy, Adam Driver? 
Uh, and I really like how different the different characters play. Uh, Dante has a bunch of different stand uh, stances, and he can whip out like different weapons. Um, yeah, so he's v, the classic. Yeah, V is like this summoner who moves around and like has different buttons associated with his different summons. So like you could be holding the X button to charge up an attack uh, with your Raven while you have like your Panther just unleashing on them. So it's really cool because you could be like charging stuff up with one character, launch them with the other character, and then release like a barrage while they're in the air. So the different styles I dig, uh, but it is missing some of the key things that I like from character action games. I think that the environments are pretty drab. The style is so cool though. Like I, I like how campy it is and how ridiculous it is. Yeah, Have Devil May Cry seen... has always done a pretty good job yeah. leaning into that. Have you seen the the real life cutscenes where they show like the the production modeling for everything? No, I, yeah, I, I've so heard about that. Yeah, so there's essentially a mode where you can view any cutscene um, as as it was produced, where you have like people like in costumes and like you know flapping around and. It's funny. Like, I, I also love that when you make a, whenever you hit a phone booth, uh, you can call in your weapons handler and she'll just like crash through the roof with her van and just show up anywhere. Yeah, I feel that. That reminds me almost of the guy from Bayonetta for some yeah, reason. And I, and I also totally dig, like, there are certain areas and levels where depending on how you fight, you can open up secret areas. Uh, so there's areas with like V, for example, where if you call in your summon and you use like essentially it's your devil trigger, you spend your meter uh, to summon this giant golem. Uh, sometimes he will Kool-Aid man through the walls of the levels and essentially open up like new and secret paths that you can move through. And that feels cool. So that's Devil May Cry 5. Uh, what yeah, do you think this is the pace so we got to move at. Pretty yeah. solid, right? Yeah. Another game we, we have not talked about at all because we're so goddamn late. And again, we'll probably have to record a longer, more in-depth podcast on Saturday, uh, is uh, The Division. The Division oh, 2. Oh, you want to get into that right now. Okay. Um, I mean, uh, I could primer it. Like, uh, uh, The Division... It, the division two is a really incredible game it's definitely the first it, it almost it, it's like the loot 2.0 of the new uh loot shooter genre the division two is essentially it released in a way that usually games in this genre don't get to until their second year yeah like the, everything like pretty much the complaints of the com- community would be more like way more like in-depth quality of life because everything you'd want is is there it's a it's an unbelievably good solo like mode and story uh not 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 for the narrative just for the like actual gameplay the missions are incredible uh yeah could not give a shit about could not the give if, well the narrative is like it, it's very basic it's like a serviceable yeah. narrative to move you but that's forward. not to say yeah but the environments are really cool i, I you know I, there's some museums and malls that you go through that look really nice yeah they did a um, lot with this area like i i thought i would miss new york a lot more just because yeah. i have an attachment to it and there's more color this time there, there's a lot more color in washington dc uh and more like foliage and the overgrowth kind of like the like this is like a post division one so it's more post-apocalyptic yeah. whereas division one was more just straight apocalyptic yeah current like yeah like present apocalyptic uh yeah. and so so i appreciate what they did there 
I always feel like one of the best things I could say about the division is like whoever I don't know how other when I see the division doing things, I, I don't know why other teams can't do it. Like what what, what massive does like every individual mis- mission of the division, even side stuff, uh, every piece of content in the division is very bespoke. It's very done for this and that purpose only. And they don't yeah. like re- they don't like like aggressively reuse assets the way that a lot of other people do. I don't even know how much time they must spend on like send people to a museum and take like 10,000 pictures from every angle and then we'll like create the museum and then create gameplay out of this museum. And every like every room in the division I think that's the thing that drove me forward the most is that sure. every room in the division is its own unique encounter in a very specific way of like how combat flows through it, where the cover is, where the enemies are coming from. All of it creates this like very bespoke like this is an individual fight that's going to happen like this. This is an individual fight yes. museum where enemies are coming out of or like the, you go into like a planetarium and enemies have destroyed the top layer where someone would be controlling the planetarium. So like you're shooting people who are in the this cutout in the stars from the planetarium viewing section as enemies are also pouring in. So like you're fighting on different levels. It's a lot of like dealing with like verticality, which is a hard board. Um, uh, verticality. Other, other than that, like. Man, the, just the amount of stuff you have to do sure. and how good it feels, the, uh, the thing that, yeah, loot progression. The thing that drives me forward is really that loot. The fact that not only are you doing all of these sort of unique things, you're getting into these unique fights uh, that are all set up in these different ways. One of the ones that's, that was most memorable to me is uh, moving through these different apartment buildings uh, that are all very high up. And in the center, uh, there's sort of like... Um, this um i guess it's like a garden so at some point you have to move through the center area and then there are people shooting you from all the apartments on all the sides uh but but yeah just the weapon diversity like feels really good the weapons have a sort of oomph to them that usually yeah out of out of a third person shooter i I was gonna i was gonna say because i remember on my last on the last podcast i absolutely said that uh i don't think that loose shooters can do third person as well because what because it's more of a focus on your character looks rather than weapons because weapons really fall to the wayside with like in in first person shooters you're up close with the weapon i feel and i i, I still i still agree with that i still feel sure, like absolutely. like like uh in uh apex legends or in destiny is the better uh like uh analogy is like the weapons have a better feel to them cuz you're up close so you like see them hear them feel their impact more than you do on a third person shooter because you're, you're way like you, you can give recoil but like sounds and and up close seeing that weapon it's like got yeah. less personality um but even then i think that division two closes that gap a lot more and i wouldn't argue as much that like i do get weapons that i feel excited that i feel like have an impact um and oh yeah re- the perks are cool the fact that you're like customizing them and building them out uh, as you get the perks and, and you can get different grips and sights, it really does feel like even though it's third person, that the weapons that you have uh, build up an identity and define your play style. 
And I also love how that integrates with just the progression systems in general. You always feel like you're getting something, right? Yeah. And that's something that a lot of other games fail to do, including Destiny. In Destiny, you don't always feel like you're getting something. Yeah. But in the division, like it's the, the, so it's so liberal with its loot. Yeah. And and the the really crazy thing, and like it, it gets so many things right that like I don't even have the time to talk about it, but uh the uh like going back to anthem like anthem is all numbers and the division let's not go back to Anthem. i know let's not go back to anthem because holy shit there was a patch that was supposed to fix things and it fucked things up worse bioware what are you doing but and you know the division like the division 2 actually got me back into looking at you play and that's like that's the current thing right now, right? Is everyone has their own launchers. So they're looking for ways to get you back in. So now that I'm, you know, interested in the Division 2, I've been thinking, like, is it time to play Rainbow Six Siege again? Do I want to try out Fort Honor? And, you know, I, I don't know if you know this. Uh, you probably do since you were over recently. But I have been doing an overhaul of the way that I interact with first-person shooters uh, with my with my tech, with my hardware, where I have like a, a massive new mouse pad. Um, I bought a heavier wireless mouse that I am like in love with. I've been practicing my aim every single day on like aim trainers. So now I, I'm just so interested and excited to be playing like all of these different shooters including Rainbow Six Siege, which I actually did download again and have been playing a little, I was worried about it because that game has been out for so long. How do I get back into it as someone who doesn't have a lot of experience? It turns out that they actually have a queue for beginners where if you're level 1 to 50, you can enter into a special queue uh, that's matchmaked just for beginners. And I played a few rounds and it felt so good. That sounds nice. Actually, something like that would be what I would need to hear uh, to get back into it, because it's not fun if I remember when I was playing it, uh, like I I was getting, you know, characters because they're pretty nice about giving you uh, like whatever, like the in-game currency is and letting you uh, progress and, and unlock At what least you for want. the early characters, absolutely. Yeah. You know, when you're trying to unlock the newer characters, not so much. That makes sense, though. That's uh, that's how you do it. And uh, the uh, like, it, it's nice to hear those kind of things because players can really ruin a game. For, for sure. Uh, but Especially that game where it's so character... Like, yeah, you so want to have time to like be able to like learn the character and do the special things with the character rather than just we set up a little bit and then this team that's really good and already knows counters like went through and just wiped us in a second. But, uh, uh, one last thing I want to say about, uh, the division before we move on is that, and there's many things to say, like I said, but, uh, the, the, probably one of the biggest things that they get along the like leveling grind that other loot shooters have really failed at and Anthem in particular fails at is that, uh, the gear is like drops at different levels um there and they have a slightly different curve so like there's like the white like what is it like white green or whatever um but uh uh when you get to like blue and stuff then they're rolling for like one perk i think epic rolls for two major perks and uh high end is uh yellow and that that's not exotic exotic is like set perks 
Exotic um, is like, yeah, it's orange or something. Yeah, exotic is orange, but it's like completely set perks, like non-interchangeable. Whereas the yellows uh, are the rares of like oh, Path I of had, Exile. I had no idea. That's really cool. Yeah, That's so great. but yellows roll for three uh, perks. Yeah. And uh, the perks are, you know, they, they are game changing and they are exciting to get because they'll change a lot of the different ways you think about where you're aiming, like stuff like breadbasket is like uh, shots to the stomach, like body increase headshot damage. So maybe with like a rifle or like a uh, machine gun that has something like that, you you start out in the head and then or start in the body and move to the head or uh, vice versa, stuff like that, like execution damage, uh, a, like stacking headshots, uh, higher reload speed after kills and stuff like that. Like the change, uh, there, there's some really interesting perks. Um, yeah. But the point being is that you it, like the game, uh, it doesn't like lock you out of getting those kind of things. They're just rare and they get less rare as you move on. So when you're, you know, level five or 10 and you're in the early game, you have a very small chance of rolling a yellow three perk item. That's going to be great. like, that's going to be, that's going to blast you for a while. And it's going to be one of those kind of things where like, it's going to like really improve, you're going to get it and you're going to be like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be done after this mission and get something like that and just be like, uh, hold on. Like I got to Gotta what, see how this, got to see how this plays. And then you get in and it's just like, this is buttery. Like I, this, and, and, and it's not like scaled the way that Anthem scales where it's scaled to weapon yeah, damage. Let's, let's not talk about where, Anthem. so, so like you, and more so even in the destiny, uh, like you get something and you suddenly feel like a God, like you get that luck roll oh, sure. and you feel like, like, just like, like you, you stop even like taking cover and start acting like an idiot because it's like my gun kills enemies in like yeah. a shot like i'm a, i have an assault rifle that kills people in like three body shots so i can just use a clip to, uh, one clip to clear a room and yeah, stuff like that no i i actually downloaded destiny again because as i'm on my journey to just get really good at shooting games uh obviously this is for apex legends because apex legends is uh the game of the year uh but um apex legends is a game that you spend a lot of time, even if you're aggressive, you don't spend as much time shooting people. Yeah. So I'm trying to find the PvP game where I'm spending more time shooting people. And it might be Destiny. Uh, it might be Rainbow Six. I haven't decided because I have way too much to play. Uh, but man, with like a new setup, like with this mouse, with this uh, mouse pad and, and all my new stuff, and just like my better abilities, like I'm way better at shooting than I was two months ago. Destiny feels crazy. Yeah. Um, and I've been thinking about getting back into it. I've been thinking about it because, man, the gunplay in that game is just so good. It is just best in class, right? Yeah. Even though Rainbow Six is a killer game with like all these awesome characters, that game is not just shooting, right? That game is so much about your strategy, about your use of abilities, about your communication, whereas Destiny is really just like that raw shooting ability. Yeah, and and so it is. That and yeah. that's uh, that's a interesting thing that kind of spoils me for the division. Like if it, like when we have more time to talk about it, it's like the one thing that I would have against it definitely is like it doesn't have quite that 30 second loop that Bungie always talks about. Like Bungie has created a with with 
Destiny, the reason why people played that, even when it wasn't great, is because the impact, like the visceralness or whatever, another keyword, is like, it's a perfected kind of like recipe. It's like Bungie, like the the moment to moment to like what it feels like to to like get a headshot or a body shot and the way enemies react to it and how like impactful your movement and your choices and your aim is yeah. is is like best in class. But again, there's many things to talk about. Another uh, game that is best in class for shooting is absolutely Apex Legends though. Like not only did it perfect so many of the things, you know, that other battle royales haven't done, uh, but it is just one of the best shooters on the market, right? Yeah. Like, like the actual way that the guns feel and react is just top notch. The way that they sound, the way that you can identify guns by their fire. Like th- this brings me back to Destiny 1 where you know if someone is using like a Vex Mythoclast or you know if someone is using Thorn or Hawkmoon because of the way it sounds. And that is absolutely the case in Apex Legends, uh, which just began its first season. Yeah. Uh, and just released its battle pass. So I have been um, rotating my characters in Apex Legends. I love the way that that works. I think that's a really uh, great way of doing that. Uh, Yeah, and and more more than just leveling up the battle pass, I'm so interested in just leveling up those um, season-sensitive badges where you're getting um, a new badge level for one kill with every character, five kills with every character, one win with every character, until you know you max it out and get like an animation. I guarantee you, I promise you, that I will have 100 kills with every character before the season ends. I don't know if I'll... I hope I get there. I don't know how long the season will be. I feel like I haven't had... Three months. Uh, a lot of time. I, the, the people are really upset about the battle pass. And it was it was something that the community was so aggressively wanting, and I I really aggressively wanted, and I'm not a, as upset about the battle pass. Uh, the battle pass. I just like having something to chase. Yeah, I like having something to chase, even if the if even if like it's a lot of reskinny kind of stuff. Um, That's fine. Yeah. I, th- I I think like the battle pass is really grindy and it takes a long time, but I think that's fair because if they're if you're aiming for like if it's a season long thing, then it's something where people shouldn't be able to grind it out in a week, even if you're aggressive. Um, but I guess it's a hard uh, it's a hard thing to balance, right? Because you have the people Absolutely. who can play for 10 hours a day, and then you have me, and it's like, I can play for, like, hopefully five hours a week. That's pretty good if I can get, like, one day where, like, the friends are on. Because otherwise, I'm, I'm not really that interested in dropping in solo, and, like, with randos. Um, and, uh, I'm, I, I just don't see a lot of battle pass progression because of how, uh, tough it is to, to progress. But I, 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 again, I understand why, like, it's not made for, I guess, even everybody to get it, uh, to, to get it all the way. Um, so I'm not as disappointed with that. They released Octane, um, which I think was a really good release. Uh, yeah. It, it, he's and definitely... now they have three months, right? Which is amazing. They're going to have three months to put out new content. Like, I bet you, I guarantee you that the next Battle Pass is going to blow people away. Yeah, hopefully uh, people... I don't know. I don't really know exactly what people expected. Um, and I don't know. I think they did a fantastic job, actually. 
Uh, it's not With like the time it, they had, yeah, yeah. It's not really like uh, ex- an expensive battle pass, and if you get it all the way to maximum, I think one of the last things you get is you get paid back, you get reimbursed for it in like the money coins, the yellow coins, the apex coins or whatever, um, as a part of the battle pass. So the battle pass will actually pay for itself. Um, so you could feasibly, if the next battle pass costs the same. Uh, never pay again, I guess. I don't know. Or I can take those coins that they give me and buy some skins. Just yeah. kidding, they're too expensive. Yeah, um, uh, so Octane is a good release because he... I think that they... I, I really hope that they are able to uh, keep with the power level of these characters. I, I really like that, even despite the fact that it kind of builds itself as like a hero shooter, the heroes aren't uh, the first fiddle. The heroes are these like perks, kind of. They're like yes. the the uh, second most important thing behind like guns and your aim, uh, which maybe is three things. Uh, so de- definitely, they're more uh, subtle. The abilities and Octane is a good character because he's also pretty subtle, and uh, his his like passive is this slow health regeneration, which is great. It's not like you know, chain like immediately impactful, but I can imagine situations where like you're in a gunfight, I guess. And does does it happen outside of combat? I think it does, right? Or it happens no, inside? only only, only out- outside of combat. Okay, so well, at the very least, like the times where you know you're aggressively hunting for even a syringe to heal, it's kind of nice that Octane uh, will heal himself. Uh, but his uh, other ability, his Q like active ability, is a speed boost that hurts him. Uh, that deals like 20% of his health. Uh, so that's where the passive healing comes in. And then the ultimate is, like a lot of other characters, a very situationally ulti- ultimate, not like a um, just like throw it out to win a battle, which would sh- be shitty, right? Like it would be shitty if someone, if an ultimate alone was something that like, it, like a, uh, you know, the uh, auto gun, like the uh, auto aim gun from uh, Titanfall? The- the what is it like a tracking pistol i forget what it's actually called yeah there's a gun that like is like an ultimate in titanfall that's like an auto aim that just like pegs every target on screen and then headshots them uh so if there were if there were guns that, or if there were uh, ultimate abilities that were on the level of overwatch i think that would be very unsatisfying something that just like wipes out a team because you pressed the button uh so none of the none of the ultimates in this game are really do work for you yeah they're not really as aggressive even the aggressive ultimates like give people so much time to react to them like bombardment or uh whatever the i i feel like uh gibraltar and bangalore have the same ultimate i don't really know the difference Um, gibraltar's is so much more brutal yeah but it's the same thing right like you no it's in a concentrated area like the way that it works is totally different yeah, like so, okay. it bombards the same area over and over, whereas uh, Bangalore's moves through an area. Yeah, okay. But I mean, it's a similar thing still, where like these like basically missiles hit down into the ground, scattered, and enemies have to get away from. Uh, yeah, the missiles. Bangalore's Bangalore's is concussive, and Gibraltar's deals damage. Okay, so that's one of the bigger things is Bangalore's is concussive, uh, yes. but uh, so that's Apex. Uh, so I'm playing so many games, but like the main things that I'm playing is, uh, I've got my looter 
I've got my shooter, and then I've got Sekiro. Yeah, I'm playing Sekiro too. Sekiro is the new FromSoft game, um, but it's very different. It shares like the DNA, but uh, it's like a huge departure in all other ways uh, because it's first of all like not at all RPG based. You're never getting gear or uh, new well, weapons. Not re- like it's not well, really. It's more. It's you... character action almost. Like you you don't change out your armor. Um, and you get, and the new, and the gear is like more of like character action, the way that you like get a new weapon that functions in a different way, but you're still going to play with the uh, initial sword. Yeah. So essentially you get like, you have your sword, which is your main way of attacking, but you also have surprise, a prosthetic arm. And with your prosthetic arm, you're getting all of these different pieces of equipment, but the thing that I do like about this game, is I was worried that this would be a game where I'm just going through levels and killing stuff. And I like exploring. I like being rewarded for going off the path. And in Sekiro, I absolutely feel like I am getting that, uh, where I'm going off the path and I'm I'm getting these really weird prosthetic attachments, some of which feel like I shouldn't have them yet because they're too strong. I, I went somewhere that I shouldn't have. I got something that I wasn't supposed to be able to get yet. And then I'm bringing it to a boss fight and it's making things different. Um, I, I love just that. I, I love the feeling of like, there's all these upgrades and secrets and, and it, it's still very much in that way feels like a dark souls game, even though I'm not getting like uh, the dragon great sword. Yeah. Um, but the combat also has kind of changed and, uh, there's more of a focus on stealth, which is weird. Um, and I don't think it's done very well, actually. Uh, the, uh, but the things that it does do well to, to get away from stealth for one second before you get back to it is that, uh, and one of the main differences is like, there's a much higher mo- movement. There's much more movement in general. You still have, you have like the Bloodborne dash. Uh, but you also have a jump, like, for the first time in a FromSoft game. You have, like, an actual, like, large jump forward or backwards have or whatever. Have you played Armored Core? Okay, well. Um, and uh, you also have a grappling hook, and that's a major addition, is, like, the movement through levels is pretty smooth. That feels pretty good because you could just grapple onto ledges. There's a lot of hanging out on rooftops. Uh, but the stealth... I. I don't know. Stealth is a weird aspect of video games. I don't know if anyone does it that well. And this is coming from like a Metal Gear fan. Um, stealth usually for me is in between two uh, like polar polar opposites. There's either stealth that is very obvious where, you know, you crawl through a vent and come out the other side and the enemy's back is to you. And it's like the game is telling you like you kill him. You kill him, and you, and like that's it. And it's so obvious that you don't really necessarily feel good about it. And sure. then there, and then there's like more freeform stealth that is games where it's like you can stealth, um, and we give you the option. But there's a lot of moving parts to the enemies, and it's going to be hard to do. So you're going to have to you know be good at it. Uh, and there in usually that type of stealth is like it generally makes me feel like an idiot all the time. Uh, Sekiro has like really wonky stealth mechanics. I, I can't get a good hold of enemy uh, like 
sight lines or what they hear. And I also don't get, like, when you kill someone in stealth, usually in games the reward is that it's, like, even if the enemy makes noise or you do it in, like, a violent way, if it's a stealth kill, then it doesn't alert enemies. But in Sekiro, like, I'll stealth kill someone and someone will see me from far away. And when one enemy is kind of, like, noticed to you, you sometimes have, like, the whole village notice where you are. And... Even Which makes more, sense, I guess. Even more frustrating than that, like, I have a great exa- mini example of, like, I was playing today, I'm in this, like, memory section, and yep. uh, I stealth kill an enemy, and an enemy, an archer sees me from far away. So I run around a corner, which would break line of sight, and the archer hasn't followed me. I get up onto the rooftop, and the archer still doesn't have line of sight because I'm on, like, it's one of those, it's those peaked Japanese rooftops. So I'm on one side of the rooftop, and the archer's line of sight would be to the other side of the rooftop, and the archer is firing arrows at me. Like, those that, archers, no, they, that they... frustrates the hell out of me. Like, the, it's one of those, it's that stealth, it's that type of, like, broken stealth where once enemies are alerted, they are completely aware of every movement you make around every corner until like you've broken line of sight for long enough. But until you've done, until you've hit a timer, uh, the enemies just see you from everywhere. They know exactly where you are. They like turn the corner and run directly at you. They don't need to like look around to like see where you would be. That is really frustrating to me. Like FromSoft. I, it, for for a game that like tries to uh, inject this stealth element, I don't think it's very successful at it. Like it, at least not at the moment. I don't feel good about it. I know that there's upgrades later onto the game because uh, there's like a perk path uh, to making your uh, stealth better. But it, it right now, like I just feel like an idiot usually. Like I get a stealth kill and then everyone is alerted and now I need to fight. Archers definitely have better visibility, and I think that the game is trying to motivate you to take out the archers first. Uh, the other enemies, not so much. They, they don't have the same thing. One thing that is kind of wild is you can sneak up on... There will be certain bosses that have like two two health bars or two pressure points. Uh, if you get a pressure point on someone, you get an instant kill. There will be bosses where uh, you could sneak up on them and hit that first pressure point and essentially cut the fight in half. Yeah. Or sub bosses. Um, I don't know how much like bosses. Yeah. Sub bosses specifically. Yeah. There's a lot of those. Um, but right now Sekiro is just making me feel like an idiot. Like I, I and I'm someone who be, like I beat Bloodborne and the hardest bosses in the DLC and stuff like that. Like I love from soft games and I've beaten the souls and Bloodborne game, but this like is just making me feel so much stupider. I don't know if like like i still don't feel like i have a good handle on combat uh you have to be very defend more defensive in this game and more about like blocking and parrying um, it definitely rewards defense more because in this game as you defend you're breaking the enemy's posture which lets you get an instant kill yeah uh and i like that i like that you sort of have like a, a choice in play style between uh you know offense and defense that feels good yeah i just i i I, I want to like it, and I'm not done with it, but I'm I'm not very motivated to play it a lot of times, and I just usually feel like an idiot, and I'm getting killed a lot very quickly. Like, it, it's really, like, even the random enemies can just, like, hit you and stagger you and kill you really quickly, and I'm not noticing, like, a progression as much. I think one really satisfying thing about Souls or Bloodborne is that, like, 
I you you have a tough time fighting the enemies and you have to be really methodical the first time you see them usually and then you're getting uh like souls and you're upgrading your damage and your health to the point where like the second time you go through you don't have to be as careful and you feel a little bit more powerful and then to, when you get to that next area that's like the level increase and uh, the enemies, again, like, you have to, like, focus on learning them, whereas when you go back to the older areas, like, you don't really need to know them that much because you've already, like, leveled through it, and the game rewards you with, like, just pure stat increases in some cases. And in Sekiro, like, I'm not getting stat increases, so I don't really... Uh, it, it's more focused on that, like, player skill increase and knowledge increase, so you have to still maintain your methodical play style even with enemies that like i fought before and killed a lot of them because i'm not yeah. getting an upgrade my devil's advocate here is that i i appreciate that there's not leveling in the same way because it, it feels good to hit a boss and know like okay this is kind of where i'm supposed to be um you know i, I if I lose, it's not about me not grinding. Yeah, so it doesn't go the other way either, where it's like it's not a, it's not a grind. You're like you you're fighting things with with skill. So so it is that that is uh, a positive of that system. And then it, there are also usually in Sekiro at least two or three paths that you could be moving. So if you're finding things hard in the memory, you can leave. And uh, as you progress outside of it, you're going to get tools that are going to help you a lot in those memories, I including just uh, leveling up the skill tree. You have access to that by now, right? Uh -huh. Yeah. So there's some cool skills that you could get that I, I think are really useful. Um, I really like it. I think it's the... Uh, Mikori counter. Mikuri counter, which, yeah. Yeah, which is any time that someone does a thrust attack, you can sidestep it and get an instant kill. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I'm digging it so far. I heard that maybe there are some problems with um, enemy diversity, which is sort of the same problem Neo suffered. Neo. I am. I, I think that I. Oh, no, Neo. 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 <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think I said this before, but I'm more excited for Neo 2 than I was excited for Sekiro, and I think that's still true. Yeah. Um, I definitely, there, there's a lot more in Neo, right? And they're kind of both like more character action. And, uh, it's weird to have a From game that is like, there's a named main character and you're talking and it's not a, like, create a character that you're putting gear on. It's this main guy that is dressed in a certain way and will be dressed in that way. And like the first sword you get is the sword. That's true. It's weird. It's weird to have a from software game like that or from a software game that like emphasizes mobility or stealth and like all these things make it very, very different for FromSoft. Um, I played a little bit of DOA 6, the uh, free to play oh, version. Um, I, yeah, not a ton to say about it. Uh, it's a bummer because it follows along in the footsteps of other fighting games where none of them can get it right. Uh, DOA 6 gets almost everything right. And then the thing they forgot is the lobbies. They forgot to add lobbies or any way to fight a friend. That's nuts. Yeah, Galloway's been enjoying it. Yeah, Galloway's been enjoying it, which has been what got me into it when I heard that there was a free-to-play. The free-to-play version uh, unlocks like four characters, Kasumi, Hitomi... Um, uh, who are the guys? Uh, Bass and some other guy. 
I just don't know why you would choose to play this over like Tekken. Like I realize that it's Tekken, like new Tekken is and it's, it's new, but... and and Tekken is also more at the point of like Tekken is is definitely getting, if not already, way past the point of like it'll be unfun for a long time. Like you, because you're not like you're not getting to play with the new players as much as you're getting to play with people. Like if you get on now and you're in low ranks, you're with low ranks for people who have played a ton but aren't good enough to get to the next rank. And so they're, they're cheesy, still they're so usually. they're they're usually cheesy and they're good enough to beat the shit out of you. Um, and I was decent ish. Like I was getting to like yellow ranks. Like that's not great, but. But like I had played a lot and because of it, like I, I, I knew all the cheese stuff and with even more characters, Tekken is like very matchup based. Uh, so coming back into it is even more painful because it's not just the like learning to play your character. It's even more so learning to play against every character in the game and learning like if this person does this attack, uh, what yeah. is the string? How does it end? uh what how uh safe are they stuff like that like when people are acting cheesy like what is the counter to it and and not only knowing that but playing against that character so much that it becomes secondhand that like you see the string being done and you know like either they finish it and i can parry the low at the end or they don't finish it and they're unsafe and I get like a X frame, like I get a 10 frame punish or something or 11 frame punish. If I just quickly jab them, I can just do a quick damage. So that is impossible to come back to after a year of not playing Tekken. Fair enough. Uh, you know, I've been playing some other games too. Um, have you heard of Hypnospace Outlaw? No, I think you said something about it. Hypnospace Outlaw is wild. So it takes place in an alternative uh, history 1999 where you go into the internet by wearing a headband while you're asleep. And while you're asleep, uh, essentially you have ac access to the Hypnospace through a, uh, a an operating system called the HypnoS. And you play as an enforcer. So essentially, it is your job to clean up the riffraff on, on the hypnospace. So what you're doing is you are going through all of these different zones. Uh, so essentially, you're exploring these different like GeoCities-style uh, web pages, and you're looking for uh, content that shouldn't be there, like copyrighted material or harassment or you know like malicious software or people using... Uh, extra legal commerce because on hypnospace you're supposed to use hypnocoin obviously uh so as you you know police things you're opening cases and getting hypnocash which allows you to download things like different screensavers or virtual pets and it is such a good detective game so it is real like at its heart that's what it is it is like a point and click uh adventure game with just the best style where it's very vaporwave. Uh, yeah. The music is great. Like there's so much music and like it is so like nostalgia ridden. And it's like the perfect game to play with your morning coffee because, you know, you're only essentially playing with your mouse. So uh, absolutely loving it. Um, my big, re big recommendation. Yeah. Big recommendation. Quickly. What's the price? It's on Steam. Uh, it is on Steam for nineteen ninety nine. 
Okay. It's by the people who made, I think, Dropsy, if that sounds familiar. Um, hell yeah. Uh, the game I have been playing the most of. Oh, jeez. Uh, and, and don't oh, jeez me, because I really, really like this in a non-ironic uh, way, especially after I initially thought I would like it only in an ironic way, is Epic Seven. This is literally the game I've been playing the most of. It is the game that I wish I could spend the most time talking about, but I don't want to uh, uh, and, and regale you, uh, at least not now. Uh, but the Epic Seven is a free-to-play mobile game. Oh, my God. I cannot believe that I'm playing this game that much. And uh, it initially is pretty basic. Uh, you have a team of four people uh, that you get you get more through a gotcha system because that's how... It should work. Um, and the four people you have are different RPG classes, and they usually have three abilities. Uh, a, uh, They always have a basic attack that maybe has a special thing that it does, uh, a second and a third skill. Uh, and those are usually cooldown based. Um, okay. and, and initially, there's nothing like... Like, it definitely is just like... You would play it in the beginning and be like, "These are good anime animations, and uh, you're you're not making too many interesting strategic choices." But as the game unlocks more, uh, I find it like really rewarding and really fun in a way that's like hard to make interesting or explain. Uh, probably the best way that I could explain like why it's an interesting game is that it reminds me a little bit of like darkest dungeon combined with path where you're getting these characters and there's so much uh to to do with each character uh path wise where you can build them in different directions uh equipment has like tons of stats to chase and different ways to try and like uh figure out how to use that kit like whether or not you want to make them attack more times to make their cooldowns up more often yeah. increase like okay. raw attack make it so that other uh, allies attack when they attack um, yeah so there's so there's a little bit more going on than your traditional one of these games which is a, which is a cool. ton more it, it actually but, came about that i played started playing this because i realized i was spending so much time not at my house and that it was like i'm spending so much time uh in an ambulance and like around the station and stuff like that that i wanted something to play or my girlfriend's house where i don't have any game stuff uh where it's like i want something that is mobile and i tried a bunch of things i tried uh that like brawl stars and a couple other like uh supercell yeah that's Very a supercell cool. game um and i tried a couple other things and everything felt mobile and despite the fact that like everything about this game should scream mobile of like this having, sounds very mobile yeah right. having like a gotcha system having like there's a stamina thing that i haven't really ever needed to interact with because uh you basically get so much of it and uh as you level up your account which you're like constantly doing especially uh as you're playing the game um you are getting more of the stamina so basically like as i would be near running out of stamina i'm getting like a huge boost to it not to mention like there are tons of in-game currencies that pay for the stamina so that's not something you're ever uh considering and despite the fact that like it is a gotcha game kind of thing uh there's not as much aggressive um uh monetization of that there's plenty of ways to play extremely well 
or yeah. be at the top tier with free to play because the characters yep. basically start out as uh, like you can get like the common characters and the common characters you get often because they're not rare, but they still have interesting kits and they still have things where you can build around them. And there's like still some of the best characters in the game and the characters that are bad in the game are usually not necessarily bad. It's usually more so that they require a team to work around them rather yeah, than, but the, but the gotcha can get you. The gotcha can get you. And let me ask you this. Do, is there PVP? There like, is what PVP. What does it look like? Um, is that the main focus of the game? What is the main focus? Like, what are you doing? Uh, man, it, it's hard to say because there's tons of stuff. Uh, there is a, the, 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 there is different things you can do to, for different aspects of the game. So there's like this altar, these altar fights where you're getting like the, these upgrades to the character, like giving them like this perk path. Uh, they need like gems to get them the perk path. So that gives them like pure stat increases and modifies their abilities. There is hunts, which uh, are some of the main end game content is like the hardest version of the hunts are like monster hunter style things where you're fighting these bosses that have like different attack patterns that you need to build a team to be able to deal with those attack patterns because otherwise like they just crush teams that don't have certain uh, like aspects to them. Um, uh and those uh those give you gear um so that's will increase your team like is better for your team's gear uh there is a labyrinth which is a non uh linear uh dungeon that you can move throughout uh that your characters like lose morale that is almost darkest dungeon style where like as you're yeah. losing morale uh enemies even that you're like way above level will start to do more damage to you um and right. and that gives you like rare drops uh like rare unique pieces and stuff like that um there is a raid that is like fully boss uh uh fun like fully boss like bosses and stuff uh the pvp is you set up a defensive team and then you attack okay, other yeah. people's attacking teams. Yeah. Okay. So this sounds similar to uh, Fire Emblem. I think. Yeah. It, it is. It is very much like unit based. So it, like it kind of does, ha and it has like a Fire Emblem, a slight Fire Emblem like uh, uh, tree that works the way you would think it would work, where it's like what like like uh, Earth beats water beats fire beats Earth. And then there's light and dark. So I think that's like exactly the fire, almost exactly the fire emblem kind of thing. All right. Um, sure. And uh, the way PV, the way PVP does work uh, at, at a like a higher level, and what people who like that get out of it is that what you're trying to do is create a anti-meta defensive team, and then create an offensive team that is anti-meta as well. So you're trying to like you like can look on leaderboards and see what characters are good, what kind of strategies people are using. And then like, how would your team be able to beat that team? Um, so right. that is something that is really interesting. So there's a very in-depth PVE and PVP as well, as well as like, uh, I'm like 60 hours into like a story mode basically. And that's like, you know, for level grinding and. Uh, okay. And, and you feel good about the energy management you were telling me. Yeah. Well, I've, I've never once it, thought about it. I think it. that's important. I've never, well, the energy management is definitely not something that the game gotchas with the, and, and like, I, right. and like I said, the, the gotcha aspect is interesting. It's really interesting because 
like the basically one of the main like here's the difference between like the like the pay to winny like oh i i really invested in the gotcha system versus the i'm just playing free to play is is that the pay to win gotcha characters which you can absolutely earn just from like playing gotta say it sounds like you're defending this game instead of explaining the systems well, what do you, well, well, how, how more to explain it? Like you get, no, you, I, I, I totally get it, but you get yeah. the, like you will, uh, you will get a lot of the, the currency to, to interact with the gotcha system. Um, but the main difference between like the characters that you have to, that are the rarer ones that you would have to either play a ton or buy, uh, into the gotcha system and get lucky enough to get is that the, uh, easier to get characters are like three stars and they aren't that doesn't stars don't equate to like how good that character is it just means that at level 30 they hit a like cap and then you have to like feed them uh, resources to get them to get to break the cap to get to level 40 to and then you can do that with all the other characters whereas the rarest characters come being able to get to level 50 uh, but like I said like there's not necessarily a uh a power level uh associated to the five stars coming like naturally five star and the characters that are level that are the common ones are usually like no they're just as good you just have to uh uh figure out like how you're gonna do work with them a little bit more in some cases but in most cases it's really just like you just gotta play with them right we're just about out of time but i've got i've got one more game to tell you about it's a switch game which is always great Always great. Uh, I've been playing Baba Is You. Have you heard about what? this one? No. So Baba Is You is a puzzle game where essentially it's based on rules. So it starts out and Baba Is You. So that means that you are currently controlling Baba, but all of the rules exist as physical items on the screen. So it'll say like Baba Is You, flag is win. So that means that if you get to win, then the level's over but you can move things around. So it says something like flag is you, and then you're playing as the flag. Or there are certain cases where it says like wall is stop and you'll be surrounded by walls, but you could change it instead to say wall is you. And then you're playing as every wall in the level. Wow. So this is That's a, bizarre. A this almost game. sounds like programming. It, it absolutely is, but it is a puzzle game that uh, even though it's not like the witness in, in what it does, it makes you it might make you feel the same way, uh, but the levels are that bite is size. glowing. The levels are bite size. Uh, the music is good. Like the style is good. You could look it up. It's on Steam. Uh, it's Steam. It's sitting at ninety nine percent positive reviews. I would probably rather play that on Switch, but yeah, absolutely. But just to get an idea of how good it is, like ninety nine percent positive reviews is that's that's ridiculously high. Yeah, that is ridiculously um, high. It's got like a ton of content. Definitely recommend that you check this out for your Switch. Uh, Baba is you. All right. That's all the time we have. Uh, next time, we might get into a little bit more detail about some of these games. Uh, and we might discuss some board games. Oh, yeah. We didn't even talk about Black Rose Wars. But that's the way it, That's the way the cookie crumbles, man. That's the way the news goes. Uh, this might be part one of a two-part. We might release these as two separate episodes. Probably Brian, two separate so episodes. Much because I want to return time. to some of the things like Apex Legends is like didn't really get a lot of time, and uh, maybe the Division didn't get the time. Sekiro didn't really get a lot of time. 
Ryan, thank you for your time. This has been WTDG Podcast. You know where to find us. Uh, you can... Uh, thank you, Ryan Gowing. <laughs> That's a bad start. Uh, thank you, Ryan Gowing, crying for the use of music. We use the intro and outro revive off the new album, Beyond the Fee and Gales. You can find them at their own forever band camp. Not a new album, and the band is not currently together. A lot changes. Uh, seasons change. I know. I can't wait for crying season two. Do you think they'll have a good battle pass? Or is it just all song reskins? No, it's going to be a great battle pass. Uh, thanks, Ryan. Thank you, James. And That's the deal with games. And uh, what podcast here? Level three. Ooh, dibs. <laughs> okay, thank you. <laughs> <laughs>